0: can grow and become perfect, which is mature in you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for divine intervention, divine protection, and divine guidance. Thank you that we don't have to follow the way of the world, which we don't understand or know. But just as long as we follow your way, we will be protective we will be in right standing and we'll be able to accomplish what you set for us to do according to the purpose you plan for our lives thank you Jesus thank you for the believers Lord bless them keep them keep their minds steadfast on you so that they can stay in perfect peace keep them where they're not faltering or wavering because they don't understand the times and don't know what the future holds but God we do know what the future holds that the Jesus return you come in to get us and you're gonna take us out of this hallelujah Jesus And we're going to be living in a kingdom that is a perfect peace a kingdom that offer us joy and contentment where there won't be any sickness disease Send nothing, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Lord, I ask you to show me the things you want me to see, so when I speak, Master, it will be only those things you want me to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to, um, read today's devotional. Amen. Amen. You read that this morning? Yes. Is that, it, that's good, isn't it? Yes. So, for those who didn't get to read it, I'm gonna read it so we can be encouraged. He adopted you as his own. And it comes out of Romans 8, 15. And it says, you're accepted, loved, and secure if you're adopted that means your parents chose you they could have picked a different gender color or ancestry but they selected you you say but if they could have foreseen the rest the rest of my life they might have changed their minds that's the point exactly god saw our entire lives from beginning to end and he was still he was still convinced to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. We can now live like God's very own children adopted into his family and calling to him, Father, Father, and since we are his children, we will share his treasures, for all God gives to his son Jesus is now ours too. God doesn't accept you because of your pedigree, and he doesn't reject you because of your divorce, deficiencies, debt, or dumb choices you are his redeemed child you can call him abba which means daddy or papa you may approach god with freedom and confidence and that's so on your bad days as well as your good ones and it gets better your adoption is horizontal as well as vertical you're now a member of his redeemed family dividing walls of hostility are broken down and community is created on the on the bias of a common father and instant family worldwide, if God loves you, you must be worth loving. If He wants to have you in His kingdom, then you must be worth having. God's grace invites you. No requires you to. Re, no, you know requires you to change your attitude about yourself and take sides with God against your feelings of rejection and unworthiness. You're accepted, loved, and secure. I'm going to read that again. God's grace invites you, no, requires you to change your attitude about yourself and take sides with God against your feelings of rejection and unworthiness. You're accepted, loved, and secure. Now, that last sentence kind of flows in with today's lesson out of Ephesians um, chapter uh, 6. And. I thought I was going to complete it, but there's so much in this. Uh, We're starting at verse 10 because we had already done the first nine verses. So we're going to start at verse 10, but I'm really not going to get much further than verse 12. So I'll read it and then we'll get started. And so the title of this message, Put on the Whole Armor of God. Amen? Verse 10 says... So I have to stop right there. It's beginning again with um, verse ten, it says, My brethren, um the be, be strong in the Lord. This finally means from now on and from henceforth, Christians are engaged or will be engaged in spiritual warfare until the Lord's return. Now, I know a lot of people who go around evangelizing, um, and, and, and a lot of church people give the illusion to people when they're trying to evangelize somebody, they come on because you, you know uh, everything is gonna be so much better for you when you get saved. And that's a false illusion because actually things get worse. The difference is you have someone to defend for you. Now before, you didn't even know that you were in a battle, except for those that were in flesh and blood. But all of the spiritual battles that was, that's going on, you didn't even have a clue that you were in a battle and you were struggling and, and, and that you had an advocate. See, as a believer, we have an advocate to fight for us and to lead us and to guide us, to encourage us, to comfort us uh, so that we are not overcome by the wiles and the schemes of the devil. So it's saying once you become a Christian. Now, this may not fit every Christian as well, because we got closet Christians who they're a Christian but they don't advertise it and they're never going to say anything about anything, they just in agreement with whatever is going on in the world and with people that you know are close to you or a relative or whatever. You're never gonna say anything about it because they take the position that's their business. But as a believer and especially if these relatives and friends are believers, too, whatever's going on with them is your business as well. Because we, re, we, we have already read that part where we are to help to bear each other's burdens, and we are our brother's keeper. Yes. Amen? And so it's, it's, it's just unfortunate that we really don't even know what our Christian walk is supposed to be like. But when you understand and you know and you take a stand for Jesus, you're going to be spiritually attacked, okay? And why wouldn't we be? Jesus was. And as his follower, then, as a follower, you're doing the things and saying the things that he did. Then, of course, we will be. But the good news is Jesus promised never to leave us. And that also he was going to send us a comforter. So no matter the battle, we have lots of company. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. We have an army that supersedes any army in our natural world to take care of us. Paul has to advise them so that they can be prepared and recognize, first of all, that you're in a battle, second of all, how to fight this battle, and so because... Satan wars uh, wars against according to his name. And we actually live in a war zone as a Christian. Okay? His wars, well, okay, just like uh, everyone else, our name really describes who we are. So his name describes his tactics because Once you get saved, he's on a mission to draw you back into his kingdom. Okay? And he's also trying to steal the glory of God, so he wants you to be off all the time doing things that does not glorify the Lord, which is so common to our human broken nature. And we will do it and have all kinds of excuses for for why we're doing it. Now, one of his name is called a deceiver. Okay, so go over to Revelation 12.9 that supports this. Revelation 12.9, and it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, he deceived the whole world because when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, that changed the whole course. That changed the whole course of the world. And the world became sinful. This is why, as a Christian, we are always in a spiritual battle, because when you get saved, you're out of this world. You're in a whole nother kingdom, and this world considers you as an alien. Are y'all with me? Okay. It's very important that we really get this because too many of us Christians wanna be a part of the world and act like the world and think it's strange when, when you act outside of that. I've had Christians that used to tell me how uh, super spiritual you are and you're a Bible thumper and all of that. They were trying to degrade yes. another Christian. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I wasn't trying to, to act differently. I became different, and I was acting according to the new nature God had given me that became natural for me, but is unnatural to the carnal thinking mind. So he says that um, he deceived the whole world, and he was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. We know this happens in in Genesis when God cast him out, out of that heaven and send him down to this heaven. His name, one of his names, is a deceiver, and that verse supports that. Now, when we fall back into our old sinful thoughts and ways, he deceives us in thinking we have the right to do so. I have to say that because though we are changed and saved, we sometimes operate out of our old nature, but we don't have to stay there. Amen. That's the good news. We're not lost because we did that. And so, but the problem is, is that when we do fall back in our old sinful nature, we can't let him deceive us and thinking, we have the right to do so. And, and, see, and this is the only way that they are gonna understand. Okay, you know how you, how you reason out why you're acting in your old nature? <laughs> okay, and, and, and um, in this way, I will be heard and noticed, so why should I apologize? I'm right. I know, I know this is familiar to you. Y'all sitting up there trying to look pious, you need to be saying ouch. And, and, and if I apologize, that makes them think that I'm wrong and it shows weakness. Well, you, you see, you got to remember this. That fits in line with what Satan wants you to believe and understand, but it doesn't rise up to the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. And so we, we have to not let him lead and guide our path, okay? Because the sad part about it is that in apologizing and confessing to God and the person that's been offended, will bring immediate closure and peace yes. Yes. to the situation because that's the power of God. Yes. Yes. If you ever done that and you and and, and 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 had, you know, acted ugly and then you apologize yes. and you apologize to God and ask God to forgive you, do you notice how quickly yes. he restores you? Yes. But without it, we are living in sin and many other things occur due to that denial. Many other things occur due due to that denial, but they're so subtle that you don't even think about it. And and when I say other things, uh, mind things that keeps you disturbed, angry, because we can rehearse the things over and over and over again, and the more you rehearse them, the angrier you become. And also, as a result of that, there are sickness and diseases yes. that results yes. from that in yes. denial yes. of sin. Yes. And you yes. don't even realize that your body is deteriorating. Your mind is deteriorating. Yes. We, we, we don't, don't even know because the deceiver have you thinking you're right and it's okay and you have to defend your rights but God says vengeance is mine amen. so we really don't have to defend them when we can really wake up to the to the message of the cross we will be more successful and we will have more peace and there will be more harmony and unity in our homes amen another name is he's a murderer okay so let's go over to John 8 44. And it says, ye are of your father, the devil. Now this is Jesus talking, that's to to the wicked evil seed. And the lust of your father you will do. You know, when you are of a certain group, that's how you act. You wouldn't expect for them to act contrary to who they're representing. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. Amen. So remember Jesus said uh, in, in, in uh, I think it was John 10 and another part of John, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. Okay? And the th- the, the thief uses humans to do the work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not doing it directly to you. He uses other humans to do that work. Okay, and that's what we have to, have to, have to realize how he comes. And, and so murdering can happen uh, not just by somebody killing you, but it can be done by the tongue. Speaking lies or assumptions about others. You know, and assumptions, y'all know what, when you take that word assume and you yeah, break amen. it down. You <laughs> know what it means. Yeah. Because that's really what happens when you assume something and you don't know and you don't have any proof of anything. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't need to speak it. Yeah. Just because by what you what, what you're looking at. The only way that you... Have the right to speak it if that of the spirit of the living God reveals that to you that's not assumption that's called discernment, Amen. Amen. and that's a difference and when God gives you the gift of discernment and the ability to discern that is for the intent for you to pray okay to and to or to speak some truth to bring to bring the change and so by uh speaking lies or assumptions about others and also by using profane words to an individual, which, which all is called character slander, okay? You, 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 you say things with the intent to try to destroy the person. That's called, where you're trying to murder the person because you're trying to make them feel less than. You're, you're trying to destroy who they really are. To make you look yeah. amen. amen. Now, the sad part about that is that when you use profane words to children or a weak-minded person, you cause them to lose self-confidence and self-respect. And they and that will be lasting with them. This is why why when you're chastising your child, you don't curse your child out. And call them names, or, or or tell them you just like whoever the person you just abhor that you think they're like. You're really ruining who they're going, who God created them to be. So they mispurpose because you redefine them to be something totally opposite. Amen. Okay, another name is. He's a tempter let's go with matthew 4 verse 3 and this which is one of my favorite uh chapters in the bible matthew 4 luke 4 mark 4 okay and it says verse 3 and when the tempter came to him he said if thou be the son of god command that these stones be made bread now we know that this temptation was coming to jesus when jesus was sent up into uh, the mountain to fast 40 days, okay, which that 40-day fast was, was just was preparing him for to do uh, ministry in the world. Amen. Amen. So um, Satan tries to tempt Jesus because now remember G- Jesus is now a human. Amen. And so this is why Satan thinks he can mess with him. But Jesus was a strong human, because he knew who he was, Okay, Now, like he did with Jesus, he will also tempt you to use your spiritual gifts and talents for the wrong reason, which will produce bad fruit. Amen? Because Satan doesn't use obvious evil to tempt you. You can't be tempted by the obvious. He uses good things to tempt us. And usually it's having you to do something that is out of season, out of timing, out of God's timing, or having you to do something that is not expedient for you. It may be lawful, but it's not expedient for you. Amen? Amen? And he comes also to tempt us to sin. But the sins again that he wants to tempt you to do, because he can only tempt you to do what's common to you. Anything outside of how you would normally act or your character—that's not going to tempt you. You know, this is why we have to uh, also have more compassion for folks, because there are people who are strung out on drugs, and you wouldn't even consider taking them. But you—but you may be a slanderer. You see what I'm saying? So though they're they're, uh, uh, strung out, you can't belittle them or put them down because of their uh, strongholds or vices. What you need to do is be pointing them to the way and letting them know that they can get free and be free because there is another way, and his name is Jesus because he's the only one that can deliver you. From uh, uh, addictions, there's no other drug. <laughs> you know, medical people will give you another drug to free you from addictions of street drugs, and all, uh, and you know, and and you know, counseling and all of that. But the only person that can actually free you from an addiction is Jesus Christ. Now, it, it doesn't hurt to have the counseling. I wouldn't take another drug, but it doesn't hurt to have the counseling. Um, But what your main step is, is to come to know (laughs) Jesus Christ. Because he'll make the counseling become more wise to you. Otherwise, it's not going to do you any good. Amen. 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 So you want to be in tune to when he's trying to tempt you, like he did to to Jesus in the mountain. But then, what did Jesus say to him? I'll read it to you. (laughs) But it... But he answered him and said, "It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God." Amen? Amen. So um, Jesus could have ch- turned the, the stones into bread if he wanted to, but it was not the time. And see, that's we Christians, we like to like to like, you know show off. Anointing and what we're capable of doing, and all of that, don't let people pull you into that because they will, people will pull you into trying to show off. You have to do what you're being led to do by the Holy Spirit, and and it's timing because the anointing doesn't stay on you 247, contrary to what you may think. You have a gift. and you have talents, talents is the, is the worldly things that allow you to make increased money off of it. But they don't always work all the time. See, the anointing shows up because somebody needs to be free and be, and, and be delivered. Amen? Amen? And so you work it according to how God is telling you uh, uh, to work it, because he also tempted, trying to tempt God uh, in, uh, in this same chapter to do something else, and he says that um, you don't, you don't tempt God to, to do, the, this is my own uh, interpretation of it, you can't tell God when to, when to work his powers, which is what he was trying to do, tell him, uh, he, he, remember, he'll give you his angels, charge over you to keep you lifted up, go on and throw yourself over this cliff, cl- so, okay, another name, which is the fourth name, are y'all keeping, account of these names the fourth name is a liar okay well we just read that out of John 844 okay so we don't have to go back and read that particular scripture again because in that one scripture it shows how he's a murderer and a liar and I can remember my mother used to say to me and this is why oh, I has have to ask God to help me because uh, I feel about lying the way God feels about sin. I believe (laughs) it just does something to me and I have to pray to not just release a person because just like I don't even want you around me anymore, <laughs> you know. But my mother used to say, if you lie, you will steal. If you steal, you will kill. She used to say that all the time. And when you think about it, well if you if you you have to do other things to cover up the first thing. And so it just advances you in sin. So, you, you, you know, just tell the truth and take the consequences. And so that's what I, I learned as a child. I'm just gonna tell the truth, you just have to whoop me. Because that's only gonna last for a little while. You know. <laughs> so I'm so glad that God gave me enough wisdom to do that, rather than coming up being a liar. Because you just, you know, let me tell you something. You don't lie just to keep peace or for a particular reason to save your life. A liar lies about anything, everything all the time. Because you do it without a prethought. And something that you practice, you become an expert at it. And so you you your life first thing. It's like you can ask a person i questioning about something, and, and they really haven't given it any thought about why they did what they did, but because they want to have a reason or excuse, they come up with something that is a lie. Because they don't want the truth to be exposed about what's, what, what's going on, because they're so concerned about what you're going to think about them because of something silly or dumb that they've done, so they'll tell a lie, which is worse. I, I, I'd rather hear the dumb stuff and we could chuckle over it or whatever, but if you tell me a lie, I have no trust and confidence in you. Satan lies because he can't tell the truth because the spirit of truth does not live in him. Okay? So he couldn't possibly tell the truth. He don't even know what the truth is because the spirit of truth doesn't live in him. He's an antichrist. Do you understand that? He's against Jesus, the anointed one. The sad thing is in, in our pain, anger, disappointment, and any other thing you else you wanna list, we most likely buy the lie that he tells us. Okay, let me break that down. Because of whatever pain that's been pressed upon you, Anger, disappointment, disillusions, abandonment, a whole list of stuff. Because of these things that have happened and now they have rooted bitterness in you, you are most likely quicker to accept the lie from Satan than someone who's not struggling with those things. Amen? And then as a result of that, your soul will suffer lack. Just like the children in Israel, when they complained they were being kept in the wilderness, but they complained, and then the more they complained, then the Lord just gave over to, you can have what you want. And as a result, it says their souls suffered lack. Amen. Amen. Okay, the fifth name is the accuser. Okay, go over to Revelation 12, verse 10. And it says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God, and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Okay, and that's what he does. Day and night, he's working on you. It works in your sleep. That's why you have to pray before you go to sleep. Okay, exactly. You don't just you don't just just lay down and go to sleep. You need to pray about your sleep. You need to ask God for forgiveness of the sins you've committed that day, and you need to thank Him for sweet sleep. You you um, you don't have to always get down on your knees on the side of the bed and all of that. But you need to pray. I don't know what care, what position, what posture, whatever you're in, but you need to pray before you start preparing your, your psychic, I'm going to sleep. So it will be less work going on in your brain <laughs> once you go to sleep. Amen. And so he's always, he's always accusing, he's always on, on, on his job to accuse. Job is a perfect example of that. Because, if, okay, you go over to Job 1. Remember, Satan tells uh, tells the Lord, of course uh, Job serves you because you've given him everything and you take care of him and you put up a hedge of protection around him. Okay, so the Lord gives him permission to go after Job because he knows the heart of Job. And so he tells him, okay, well, I'll I'll go over there to that. Verse to read what he said concerning Job. It's Job chapter 1, and it's the verses 9 through 11. Okay, Job 1 9 through 11, and it says that then Satan answered the Lord and said, Do with Job fear God for naught? It's like the fear he's talking about is reverent reverential fear. Does he not fear you for naught? It's like you've given him everything, you've taken good care of him, okay? Has not thou made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he have on every side? Now, that should be good news because this is what God does for believers. He says, um, Has thou blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land? Okay. Uh, uh, now, see, that's a verse that y'all should be. I'm going to read this again. You should be shouting about Has not thou made a hedge about him, and about his house, and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you. He says, but put forth thy hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee. that face so he's like destroy everything that he has and watch him curse you but he but Job didn't do that and God knew he wasn't gonna do that that's why he allows Satan to attack all that he had and at the end he gave Job back ten times greater than what he had originally because Job was a faithful man but not only did Satan himself try to accuse Job some of Joe's friends yeah his wife first I mean you need to curse God and and just die and then his friends was telling him you must have sinned you have to, you had to have done something wrong for all of this to happen to you and that's the first thing that people say is that you, you've done something wrong or this wouldn't be happening to you no God is is is, is doing something to be glorified Because he knows he can trust how you're going to handle it. And how you handle the situation glorifies him. Amen? Because remember, he's not going to put more on you than you're going to be able to bear. It feels like I can't bear it, but you can bear it. Because he says, I'm with you. And I'll never leave you nor forsake you. See, Satan uses spiritual strategy against us. Mm -hmm. This is why Paul defines our spiritual armor to combat against the devices of Satan. Paul gives you the armor to, to put on to combat against the devices of Satan. And we must be equipped with the word of God because, if you notice, every piece of the armor represents the word of God. And pray with strategy. We need to learn to pray with strategy to fight the good fight of faith. Prayer shouldn't always be about, bless me and poor me, Lord. That's not effectual prayer, okay? Every piece of the armor really is the representation of God's word placed strategically on our bodies to defy the the four principalities of the wicked one. This is why you need to learn how to pray Properly and how to do prayer strategy, which I'm going to be focusing a little bit more on that um, as as time goes by. Okay, but let me get to the last name of Satan, which is number six, the wicked one. Now, I'll give you six names. Y'all are not even praying with me the 666 everything about evil and wickedness is six do you realize that the number six represents evil wickedness sin and all of that so the 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 last name which is wicked one the sixth name go over to first John 5 see see this is this is why these Politicians and news media people getting over on us because we're not thinking. We're just letting stuff go by. First John uh, 5, verse 19, and it says, And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And the whole world lieth in wickedness. Now that th- this sh- that should not be a news flash because who's controlling the world? And that's why there is all this chaos, division, greed, power, struggles, conflicts, prejudice, wars, and rumor of wars. Because the world is being controlled by Satan. Peace can come from only one source, and that is Jesus Christ. Light and dark cannot mix together, and truth always reveals the lies. So we, that's why we have to make a choice. We cannot follow and be in the bed with what chaos is telling us. And that's the world who's controlled by their father. We are controlled by our father, who art in heaven. Hallowed be his name. That makes a difference. That's why what we see that's going on, we see it through a different lens. We hear from a different way. We don't hear from here, we hear from here. Mm -hmm. It makes a difference. But you got to be in Christ. Okay, and you don't go in and out. When Jesus returns and raptures us up, we will experience the world that God originally designed before the sin in the garden. And that would be the the world without sin, without depression, without problems, without troubles. You, you, You won't have to be travailing. And believers who view people as their enemy never conquer the real foe, because we are fighting the wrong battle. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. So we need to war against our own thoughts and our own tongue first. Amen? When, see, when we cannot accept the truth that points Out our shortcomings the deceiver wants to destroy you wrong can never be right nor will it produce anything good when people who say they love you and allow you to do and say the wrong things and will not speak correction in your life they are letting Satan destroy you and for your soul to be damned forever real love not gonna allow that a lover doesn't get pleasure or enjoyment for pointing out your flaws in sinful behavior in fact it is just the opposite they are frustrated and greatly disappointed as well as tired but they can't stop if they care for you because they don't want to see you destroyed no truth in the inward parts, in other words, lying to yourself and rejecting the truth, being in denial will cause dementia or mental illness. You weren't about having dementia because of an age. It, it had nothing to do with your age. It has a whole lot to do with your thought pattern and Alzheimer's. Because that is the... D- Accept and believe will destroy us. Besides what we put in our mouth, <laughs> greater than anything else. You, we weren't about COVID. Your thinking, your wrong thoughts, will destroy you quicker than COVID can get to you. Amen. And plus, the fact that we, we 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 meditate on it, we think about it all the time, then we open up the door. For that kind of destruction, I you we don't need to be stupid and we need to be aware, but we don't need to focus, focus on that all the time. You know, it's like nothing else is going on in the world but COVID right now. When you watch the news and anything concerning the you know the COVID and the election, it's like everything. There are other things that are going on, but the consequences can be lasting from our sins but forgiveness is quick and overcoming. I don't want to deal with consequences because of my sin. When you can easily confess them, and and he says he's faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So we not only are forgiven, but we have overcome those things that Satan was trying to use to to overpower us and overtake us. Now, um, let's go back to Ephesians 6 and I'm going to read verse 12, but I'm, I'm we have to pick up because you know, I thought I was going to do uh, 10 through the end, but this 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 particular chapter is a whole lot more involved than I realized <laughs> until I got in it. So I'm just, I'm going to stop there so we can pick up and really dissect this because I think it's good information. Amen. So verse 12 shows us uh, there there are 4 things that we wrestle against Because again, it is not the flesh. It is not the people, but it's the power behind the people. Because remember, there are two powerful forces in our universe, and that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and Satan. And one or two, you are following. You can't follow both at the same time. You're going to either be following one, or you're following the other. And, And like I was sharing with the Zion worshipers, when we, we think the opposite is, is so far apart, it's such an extreme that you gotta go all out of your way. And I told them all it is is a crossover. You just take one step over and you're in evil and wickedness. So one of, uh, one is called principalities, okay? Principalities are rulers, it's a ruler. Uh, their principalities in heavenly places and their principalities on this earth, natural principalities. Two are called powers. Powers. Uh, the, uh, the meaning of that is authorities. Now, as I'm saying this, remember in this verse. Let me just read that verse again. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, but against, but against principalities powers against rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places now when I break this down your thought pattern should spread even more so okay principalities are rulers powers are authorities the third one are uh, rulers of of the uh, world rulers of the darkness of this world world rulers Okay, you hear what I'm saying, all right? The fourth is spiritual wickedness in high places, which are spiritual beings that are fallen angels and demons and Lucifer, Satan, himself. Those are the four things that we're fighting against. And those are the things that Jesus went to the cross For us to be overcomers over. Now, if you notice, it says world rulers, authorities, that means government, other powers. He says that those are the things that we have to stand against spiritually. Now, you can't overcome these things, first of all, if you're in the bed with them. Second of all, if you don't know the word and how it applies to certain things. We sent out a mass email about praying against some things. And unfortunately, the only thing that people looked at, because the prayer was uh, sent to us by Dutch Sheep, the only thing that people looked at and thought about was the very last paragraph that talked about of uh, getting Trump back in office. The key thing that should have been looked at and, 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 and prayed about was this spirit that was ruling everything. And it was a name that you were not familiar with, I know I wasn't, so you had to look it up to find out, and looking it up, they are universal spiritual forces that, like, oh my God. See, everything that you see that's going on is not predicated on intellect of people. It's predicated on the powers of darkness behind this ruling the people to brain destruction. This is why Timothy tells us to pray for rulers and people who are in authority. Because without the prayer of God going forth in the air, in the universe to make the change, we will be overcome by evil wickedness. Because the world is owned and operated by Satan. And remember, I talked about he's the God of division. So he will come and households are divided by it ain't even faith, it's by what they support. Let me put it that way. Systems. Because if we are all under the same belief system of Jesus Christ, then our faith will be equally joined together. So in order to overcome and win, just like Satan, we need to have prayer strategies. And that was one at that particular time that I don't know what happened with it because the power of having Christians worldwide praying that, glory. But that's okay. For those who didn't understand, it was too many that did. And the work of the Lord is gonna go forth. Amen. So if we learn how to strategize in our prayer and our stand, then Satan can't have so much power over our being and over our homes and 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 and, 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 and o- o- over our our our, our world. Yes. That's why I keep saying, and we don't get this. We just don't get this, that Christians, husbands and wives, covenant together. You have a prayer strategy out of this wor- word, and you understand it. If we pray every single day. Things will be changing greatly. But we don't even come together for prayer, period, at least long with a strategy. Because we're not thinking prayerfully. Like asking God, what, you know, we think we got it going on because we're born again, spirit-filled, speaking in tongues, belong to the church of such and such. And so you just start spewing out stuff. Oh, ha, <laughs> ha, you know. Ask God, how should I be praying? What do you want me to pray for? That's how I pray. I don't just take it, I get the prayer request and they tell you what's going on. I don't take that for granted. God, how do you want us to pray for this? I just don't take it for granted because the facts are there before me. Facts are subject to change. I want to deal with the truth of what's going on, which is the root of the problem, so that it can be uprooted. And change can come about, and that the people who we're praying for will recognize God did this, not the medical, not the lawyer, not whatever, but God is doing this. So you have to ask God, How do you want me to pray? And that's on a daily basis, not just on particular situations, but every day. God, that's the first. How do you want me to pray? Who do you want me to pray for? Because sometimes God wants you to be praying for somebody in a whole nother country that you don't even know. And all you're concerned about is your own little feelings. And once in a while, maybe your family members. And we got a whole wide world going to hell in a handbasket that we need to be taking a stand for. But we're too concerned about my feelings and how I feel and how they make me feel and what they've done to me, Lord. And oh, God, and don't they understand it? And I, the Lord is probably just shaking his head. Saying "I, this is what I gave you my power and authority for, to whine and whimper about you all the time. I see the stuff that's going on with you. But when I hear you standing in the gap for others, I take care of that little stuff. I take care of your little problems when I see you standing in the gap for other people. Help me, Holy Ghost. Okay, we're going to climax there. We'll pick up from, from there next week. Amen. Praise the Lord, because i get right on time. Praise the Lord. Amen. Okay. Glory to his name. You know, as we're studying this particular chapter, which is teaching us how to war spiritually, how to pray effectually, but if you don't know Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you won't understand or get it because it comes from the word. And the word is only revealed to those who belong to him. You can have a thousand degrees, be the smartest person on the earth, and you will never understand the word. Satan, with all of his strategies, and he's successful with his strategies, but he doesn't understand the word. And he has no power over the word. That was proven in Matthew 4 when he had t- tried to tempt Jesus um, Was it three or four times up there in that mountain? And he wasn't successful because each time Jesus says, Satan, it is written. And if you don't know what's written, then you don't know your rights and you won't know how to fight your battle. And the only way that you're gonna know what's written is that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And so for anyone that doesn't know Jesus as the Lord and Savior, just repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I AM A SINNER, I ASK YOU TO COME INTO MY HEART, LEAD ME IN THE PATH OF RIGHTEOUSNESS, I ACCEPT YOUR NAMESAKE, JESUS THE CHRIST, AS MY LORD AND MY SAVIOR, IN JESUS' NAME, AMEN. Amen. PRAISE THE LORD, PRAISE THE LORD. I'M GOING TO DO THE um, the benediction and then we'll have the uh, questions and answers after that point, okay? Lord, I pray that you will open up our understanding, open up our eyes of our heart to hear, to see, to understand better than we ever have before. No matter how much we think we know, Lord, impart in us the knowledge that will keep us strong in faith in you, that will keep us from faltering, that will keep us from fighting and bickering and debating but just to keep us walking in love the way you say that we're supposed to walk in love. Help us to understand what the love walk is. The love walk is that I may have to take your abuse because I'm going to stand against what Satan is doing towards you. But it's okay. We too will get past this. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your divine protection. You've kept us. We have not deserved to be kept, but you kept us anyhow because we belong to you. You have adopted us into your family, and therefore everything that is yours is ours, and we thank you for that. God, don't let our minds deceive us mm, with so much fear, and keep repeating the same things every single day that I had, I felt I was. Oh, Oh, how, change our conversation where that it will edify others but it will glorify you and it will sanctify our souls because we're seeing what you have already said about us thank you Jesus and then as we speak what you have already spoken about us we will come to see who we are we will come to see those things that we're seeing we grow in the knowledge of Christ by speaking what you have already said about us thank you Lord Jesus So I thank you for creating, increasing our new creation in you, Jesus. And I thank you for the traveling mercies and the angels you have assigned to all of us for every mode of transportation that we use. And I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I can plead over all of us from the crown of our heads to the bottom of our feet. And I plead that blood over all of our dwelling places, places of occupation, places of recreation, as well as every mode of transportation. In Jesus' name, amen.